In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In our progression of Lenten Gospels, today is the first Lenten Sunday in which there is no devil and no demons. Having vanquished the evil, Jesus now reveals himself to us in new ways through the feeding miracle. He takes our inadequate supply of whatever it is we need, and he makes it sufficient for us. <clears throat> the feeding miracle in the sixth chapter of John's gospel, today's gospel, cannot be fully understood without reading the rest of the story in John 6. If you haven't read the rest of the story, I encourage you to read it, but I'll summarize. The feeding miracle was so popular with the Galilean crowd that the people were prepared to make Jesus their king. In the verse immediately following today's gospel, St. John says, quote, When Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, he departed again to a mountain by himself alone. The crowd found Jesus the next day, and Jesus greeted the crowd with words of warning. Quote, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Jesus said that the crowd did not see the signs. In John's Gospel, the miracles of Jesus are called signs. A sign is sacramental. It points to and reveals something greater than itself. To see the sign means to understand that the feeding miracle is not about the food. It reveals Jesus as the Son of God, as the one who creates all food. The crowd did not see the sign. They concluded that it would be really great to have a king who would give them food all the time. If they saw the sign, they would have put their faith in Jesus as the Son of God and followed him and paid less attention to the food. As Jesus said in John 6.35, quote, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. The point here is not that faith in Jesus will forever eliminate our hunger pangs, the growling stomach, or all of our unfulfilled desires of appetite. The point is that Jesus fills our deeper spiritual hunger. He restores to us the gift of eternal life, that we lost through sin. If we eat ordinary food, we will still die. But if we put our faith in Jesus, we will have an ending life, even if we lack some of the things we want or need. Jesus summarized it this way in John 6, 50 and 51. Quote, this is the bread which comes down from heaven the one may eat of it and not die. 
I am living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The crowd was puzzled by this teaching with its implications of cannibalism. They said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? But Jesus doubled down, as it were, saying, quote, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The reference to drinking blood would have been particularly difficult for the Jewish audience because the Torah forbade eating food with blood still in it. By the end of John 6, the entire feeding miracle crowd walked away from Jesus. And even some of the disciples said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? St. John tells us in a verse ominously numbered John 666, quote, from that time, many of his disciples went back and followed him no longer. The John 6 pattern is timeless. We are drawn to Jesus as the one who provides for us in our needs. However, Jesus' provision for us in time of need invariably gives way to a wilderness season where some of our needs are not met, where we lack things we want or need. If we see the signs of Jesus' provision for us, we will put our trust in Jesus and follow him come what may, because he is the Son of God who gives us eternal life. Lent is a voluntary wilderness experience. We willingly say no to temporal things to make space in our life to receive Jesus as the bread of life. Those who have learned to see the signs understand that the wilderness is a place of revelation. There is a relationship between things and faith. The more we are filled with the things of the world, the food that perishes, the less hunger we have for God. Fasting from the food that perishes is thus a means of renewing our desire and our appetite for the bread of life. In the Lenten wilderness, we fast from things we want, and we turn to Jesus in our prayer. We ask him to fill that space in our lives with himself. We practice this for an extended season so that it becomes a kind of muscle memory or ingrained habit. When we are hungry or in need, rather than murmuring or complaining, we learn to turn our discomfort into a space of prayer. 
dependence and waiting upon God. This hungry dependence and trust is the essence of genuine faith. This is the kind of faith that turns Lent and the dry places of life into places of revelation, where we experience the power and the presence of God in new ways. As Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, the point of Jesus as the bread of life is not that Jesus is unconcerned with our physical needs. The point is that human life, fallen human life, is inherently disordered towards idolatry because of sin. We pursue material things and the fulfillment of our appetites as the primary goals of life. We measure what is called happiness by the value of the stock market and our levels of personal wealth, or by whether we have all the things we want in work, pleasure, relationships, and health. In this assessment, God is seen merely as the provider of the food that perishes. When we seek the food that endures to eternal life, we ask different questions. The concern is not only about how much money we make. The concern is also whether the work we do actually honors God and is good for other people. The concern is not only about fulfilling our desires. The concern is also whether the desire itself honors God. Staying connected to Jesus is more important than merely having what I want right now. For if I have everything, but I'm disconnected to Jesus, it will be unbearable. And if I lack something, but I stay connected to Christ, I will have all that I really need. The gospel reveals a pattern for what we might call a Eucharistic life. A Eucharistic life begins with thanksgiving. Jesus took the inadequate supply of bread and fish and gave thanks to God for them. We take whatever God has given us, however meager it may seem, and we give thanks to God for it. As God multiplied the loaves and fishes, so God blesses what we have and multiplies it and makes it sufficient to meet our needs. This is how we begin life in the Eucharist on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, the beginning of time. We come to the altar to offer ourselves to God in Christ. We offer our tithe to thank God for his provision for us, even if what we have seems insufficient. We offer our desires, wants, and needs, especially as these have not been fulfilled in the world. 
we offer our prayers for all the things we want in our lives and in the world. Prayers that seem so inadequate to meet the need. We offer all that we are and have to God in thanksgiving. And God accepts our offerings in Christ. He feeds us with the bread of life, and he makes whatever we have sufficient to meet our needs. St. Paul expressed it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Quote, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.